0: Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Priority Roll. Today I'm joined by Mark Wildman and Liam Jordan, tournament organizers of War in the Heartlands, a brand new Age of Sigmar event happening in the UK, uh, in Leicester over the 18th and 19th of July 2020. Welcome Liam and Mark. Good morning. Good, good morning. Where are you, or mate? Good, it's good evening here.
1: <laughs> well, you could be listening to it in the morning. Absolutely, so I'm, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm encompassing all genders. You're so inclusive. <laughs> so we're, yeah, we're here to talk about your your brand new event, aren't we, Liam and Mark?
1: We are indeed. It's very exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. So before we go into the kind of questions about the event, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Or, you know, who are you and, and why are you here?
1: Sure. Um, you? Yeah. Um, I, my name's Mark. You may have recognised this gruff undertoned voice, sexy, husky voice from uh, which was once the Bad Dice podcast which I used to do many moons ago um, just through family life and things changing in life I have, we don't really do that anymore however you may re- recognise me from either a couple of episodes of the War Wargamer um, or as a AOSTO at the Blood and Glory event um, and that's basically sort of my main hobbies um, including that you may have seen me around lots of other events around the country um, which i have again still quite heavily involved with, uh, not as much as I used to mind you know I used to do ETC I used to do 12 events a year so I used to be quite heavily a lot more heavily involved with the scene but um you know as time goes on children families things change don't they so I um you know uh I I, I come to more select events now but since doing Blood and Glory I kind of got a, a taste for the older TOing so um uh you'll find out a bit more later but I really enjoy really enjoy doing that it's quite exciting so I'm gonna attempt a hand at TOing and see if it if it suits me do it going it alone, as they're saying.
2: when you say going alone
0: yeah that's a bit of a lie isn't it because you can't you can't actually <laughs> go like, I, love can't how, I love how yeah you basically may have heard me <laughs> i am the mark Warman, <laughs> <laughs> responsible for running you know not only creating and running bad dice podcasts and blood and glory all on myself and now just this this ego this thing this me i'm running war in the heartlands and no one else is helping me right liam
1: listen 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 i can assure you if it wasn't for me there would be no such thing as bad dice i am <laughs> integral to this part and it's it's such a lie it's what's unreal. that i
0: can hear i can hear someone trying to say something mark Sad <laughs> liam you're not allowed to talk get in the corner be quiet
2: hi I'm liam how are you awesome. no, I'm sorry. so yeah so my name's liam i've been playing tournaments for about 10-15 years various systems um started 40k um old world warhammer shifted over to war machine hordes Quite involved in that scene, those domestically and internationally for quite a while. Um, came back to AOS, and similar to Mark, not as many events as I used to, due to family commitments and stuff. But I'll still try to get to a few select events a year, I'm trying to sneak in about six or seven if I get lucky. And you also,
0: you also run the 40k side of Blood and Glory, don't you?
2: I do, yes. So I've done that for a couple of years now, and well. 40k is definitely not my main game i do occasionally double in that
0: cool so we've got two two tos with some major to uh, to experience you know running a large scale events like the 40k and aos at blood and glory so what is war on the heartlands oh where do we start
1: where do where, where, shall i start with um when when I, i'm gonna take it back a little bit when we did um we started blood and glory it was just a warhammer event for eighth edition um and it was just a bad dice podcasting and it was a smaller event sort of like 80 to 100 people it was a um a a, a a freemasons guild of all places in derby and it was a great little venue and you got to do lots of you know it was a lot smaller as you traditional more sort of setup of event um and and i really enjoyed that and i still enjoy doing the the, the big main event um but then I kind of got a sort of bit more experience. I sort of started helping out at Blood and Glory as being sort of like moving the tables around, getting involved with the painting packs, being a bit of a judge. Uh, I'd never really done it before, um, so I had no experience doing it. Um, but then as time grew on, um, the, the the famous Ben Johnson was one of the main refs when we did it. But then he obviously got a job at Games Workshop um, so, uh, Ben asked me to sort of, sort of step up my game now, I had a bit more experience. Um, and, and, and that's the sort of backstory with that, that, and, and you know, the rest is history and it comes to sort of like the bigger events of Blood and Glory. So doing the big, so doing the big events of Blood and Glory is very different from a traditional normal event. And I was kind of missing doing that a little bit. Um, but now I've sort of got the more confidence to sort of, uh, do a smaller event Uh, got the experience of doing things like writing rules packs because it's not it's not as easy as it looks um and having the 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 name attached to you know people trusting giving you their money so they can have a weekend away so i think over time i needed a degree of um trust with the player base um but I mean, I it's, it's
0: a big, it's a big commitment as as a, as an individual because you yeah, are essentially yeah. putting your name, your reputation, um, and your integrity on the line to say I am going to provide uh, a weekend of fun for for you guys, and it's going to cost you, you know, fifty or so quid. Yeah, and, yeah definitely. Uh, or f- Fifty-five quid specifically. Um, so.
1: But I don't, I don't, I don't want to. One first thing I don't want to do is take take people's money away and give me a weekend. Oh, sorry, beat me up there. Um, <laughs> I, I lasted ten minutes. I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> not even
0: um, that seven. I think, <laughs> but no, exactly. You, you don't want You don't want people to to. Come a long way, so it's not just the, the the ticket cost. It's the it's the kind of credit with with family to say you know I'm spending this weekend away, and, and you know their their sacrifices they're making, the the time to travel, the yeah, you know, hotel, hotel cost, costs, you know. the the so, food, so, so, to drink, and everything like that. So it is a big deal, and and I can see why you wanted to kind of you know, to get you're talking about confidence experience and experience, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I didn't I didn't want to. um i never had the i never really had the desire to be fair to begin with i was quite happy just helping out um but then sort of like as time goes on my thoughts and feelings changed about that and i thought you yeah, know, there's little things i want to do which won't work at blood and glory i kind of want to do that myself um but it's it's having the confidence that you can do it but then also having a team around you which you can do it and i know individually on my on my own i've got lots of good skills in certain areas but then i full well know i have some really bad skills where i'm not very good at doing certain aspects of being a to so there is no way you can i can do it on my own and i, I you know i sort of jest before about being uh, uh, the best person in the world and i full well know <laughs> I, i'm not and you need you cannot do it without a, a team of mixed skilled ability. And, and when Liam started doing the 40 k, I I mean, I've, I've, me and Liam have known each other for years now doing Warhammer and stuff like that. And, um, and it was only until we sort of did the TOing together where, for me, I felt confident and sort of said to Liam, look, I want to do my own thing. Um, do, do you want to help out? And 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 be part of it even and uh, and Liam without hesitation he said yes I got down on one knee <laughs> I presented him with a ring and you know, <laughs> with he a yes. tournament pack. <laughs> <laughs> a tournament pack full of spelling mistakes.
0: So, so if I could just re uh, reiterate the question: What is War in the Heartlands, Mark? Wow, well, you need to get there eventually. Come on. <laughs> what what is it? <laughs> just tell me what it is.
1: So, 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 War in the Heartlands is a Warhammer event. It's, we believe we can get up to the maximum of 100 players in this hall. What, what I didn't want to do was go more than 100 players to have a really cramped environment. So, it's a 100 player AOS event. Um, uh, and it 's basically five games of Warhammer uh, with lots of shenanigans involved in between, which i 'll talk about later but it's it 's your classic five games of warhammer i 'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here, uh, however, I want to do stuff which maybe some other event organizers don 't do or haven 't done or haven 't attempted. Um, so i want to bring something a little bit more different personalized to the event as well as getting sort of five games of warhammer um competitive games I, I, you know I, I want people to come and think you know it's, it's not just a it's just a mess around weekend where you just you can bring silly lists or you can do that if you want anyway but i you know we want you to come and have that competitive side while at the same time uh having sort of Other sort of side mini activities going on, which is very inclusive to every player. Um, And when you see the pack come out, um, there's a few other questions I might get people to answer, so I can make it sort of more personalised. And that's that's the biggest thing for me. I kind of. When I go to an event, I, I want to feel like I'm part of a bigger event. I want to feel included. In the in, in the years when I've gone to big events where 200 plus players, it's great fun because there's loads of people. It's like a sea of people. But I feel a bit lost in the crowd, um, and I want to go to an event where I want to go to a big enough event where it's not just sort of ten mates messing around, but it's it's a good solid amount of people where everyone thought it included um, within within not only the games, but the, the event as a whole. And, and, you know, I've got lots of little ways on which I'm going to try and achieve that. Uh, whether or not it's um, successful or not, I think time will tell. Um, but it's definitely something a little bit different than what we normally get. But, you know, your classic five games of Warhammer will still be
0: there. So essentially you want yeah. to run a kind of a, a large event, but still keep that intimate feel. Yes.
2: Yeah, very much making sure that, we give people the right environment to play five games and enjoy five games with us. Really
0: fair enough. And De- and whereabouts on the, on the kind of competitive narrative spectrum, whereabouts are you pitching this?
2: Very much on the competitive side, I feel, rather than it being a narrative event.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely you know I, you know I, I'm not introduced. We sorry, um, I did it again, didn't I? <laughs>
2: First-person plural,
1: not first-person singular, in Mark. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm Channel the basic, team energy. Basically, at the end of the, this podcast, I'm going to be doing it on my own. I'm just going to say, you disgust me as a human
2: being. <laughs> you do that already.
1: <laughs> this is true. Um, uh, yeah, it's def- there's no narrative. There's no restrictions on lists or anything like that. So, you know, wh- whether or not people come and just bring fluff, I don't know. Uh, but it's up to them, really. It's all choice.
0: Brilliant, and uh, I've seen that your event uh, scoring is tournament points, followed by strength of schedule, uh, then followed by army points destroyed, and then followed by a number of sporting votes received. So, sporting votes is going to be a tiebreaker. Um, are sports and painting scores going to be contributing to the final number of tournament points at the end?
2: No, it's all done on gaming score.
0: All done. But on there gaming will still score.
2: be, as you've seen within the rules pack, marks sent over with prizes for favorite opponent prizes for best painted army for single miniatures so it's something to attract to everyone there
0: is the best painted army is that something that's going to be player selected or uh, TA yeah. contributed uh player selected
1: um uh, whether or not we expand that later on uh, I, I think i think in my head uh, we just sort of said it was just going to be sort of players really but sometimes it's nice to get judges um it I think I think for me, it's, it, as soon as you start doing judges, other events do that. You know, South Coast GT, Face Hammer. Um, for it to be sort of a player inclusive event, I think I think it's fair to sort of let the players decide that sort of at that point.
0: And are the judges going to select a shortlist, or are players going to be able to select their own armies for kind of put them out on display? Um,
2: I think it's going to be I'm... very much a case of if you want to put your army forward, you've worked hard on something, you're proud of it, then by all means stick it out there. Let everyone see it.
1: Excellent. Sounds cool. Again, I don't don't think it's, you know, I I mean, we do that at Blood and Glory, actually. And that's, and that's, I do like that. Because I think I've been sort of, from a personal experience, I've gone to many events. And you think to yourself, you know, the case it might sound pretty arrogant of me saying this where where is it would have been nice to have had my army, I put loads of time and effort into an army. Um and it would have been nice to have had it on display as sort of even if it's just to show you. Sometimes I've been to events where I was like, my army is no way gonna win best painted. Um however, I put loads of time and effort into it and I I, I just like to show it off and, and and be proud of it. Um so I think that to me that's important to just let people put it out there if they want to put it out there.
0: Yeah, it's, it's de- it definitely cuts both ways, though, because I've put my army out, Blood and Glory, uh, just because I wanted to, when I took my Chaos Dwarf Legion of as- as Gore, um, you know, when I ran the execution herd. So it was Shartor, uh, Bull Centaur, Tarok, and then nine Bull Centaurs and 12 uh, Kadai. And it was just a pretty funny looking, cool cow army with some lava boys. And I thought, you mm-hmm, know, I'm just going to put it out what just because it looks uh, it looks like a fun army because it's full of cows so i put it out on display kind of not not as a joke yeah kind of as a joke because it was just like but also because like oh i'm just gonna put it out because i want people to see my cow army but i had no intention of like i didn't want any votes and I, I yeah. just wanted to put it, like show it off to people but I wasn't looking to be nominated or or selected or anything like that for for best painted but perhaps for those that have kind of slaved away at um you know at creating an army to to the real top standard does does that kind of do you think that kind of cheapens it slightly to, they're thinking right I've painted spent years and months or whatever on this army and I've got this person that's dry from cows next to me I,
1: I don't i don't think so at all i think no, me neither. Uh, no I, th- I, th- I think if somebody's put work and effort into it no matter what you know at, at the end of the day art is subjective um and and you know we, we if you're as a to being asked to make a judgment on an army I mean that's fair enough we can we can all do that, but you know when artists subjective people 's opinion of what is good i mean i I can remember oh, it was a, a seventh edition I believe army many moons ago um i can 't even remember who ran it it was like it was done in like Kettering somewhere it was really bizarre, and I remember being there was there was three armies there was mine, Adam elford's, and adam oh, what was his name? Um, he did a gathering of mine. Um, and if you, if you looked at the army's technical, all three armies' technical ability, um, mine and Adam Melford's was far superior to Adams. However, Adams, there was, there was something about Adams which was uh, quite different, quite striking, um, and, and he won, and which was, you know, it was fair enough. But technically, we were, you know, at the risk of sounding arrogant, mine and Adams were better, uh, but Adams won because the, the, the players loved it, so, which, is, which, is, which is absolutely fair enough.
0: Yeah, and, so funky, I think, I think that- funky conversions or um, or a, a striking paint job. You know, often airbrushing can go can go two ways as well. Some people, yes. you can get some really fancy. You know, like blending on a power sword. You know, when you do that reverse blending up one way and down the other with um, with some masking tape on a power sword. Let's say, yes, that can look really funky and really striking. Equally, if you go for like the kind of den of imagination painting studio style, where it's really desaturated and kind of the the, the airbrush blends are really extreme that puts some people off loads and they just think oh it's some people think airbrushing is and i'm going to use inverted commas here you know is cheating so if someone thinks you've airbrushed your eye they're like oh that takes no skill so yeah it, it, so it i'm not going to vote for that whereas you know it, as you it, say it's it, it, very it's, subjective and i
1: mean airbrushing is
0: cheating right <laughs> no comment
1: scathing <laughs> no comment
0: i wish it was cheating <laughs>
1: no no but exactly i mean at the end of the day that's i just you know it just adds an element of inclusivity and, and you know if what i want everyone to do is to come away from the event feeling one they've included and two they just had a good time so you know it just adds another layer of a task for a TO to do as well to make sure they've picked every army and actually what I don't want to do I want to focus my time pick, uh, entertaining the troops as they would say rather than rather than walking around looking at what best painted armies to uh, put out on, on, on show
0: you've obviously got a huge amount of experience from running those events of Blood and Glory is there anything specific that you kind of lessons learned that you're taking from Blood and Glory and putting into this event
2: I think the first one is terrain and making sure that you have that ready for people when they arrive. None of this walking around with your army and your five or six pieces of terrain and your bag and your army-specific terrain. It's all on there for a the table for you. And that was something Ben wanted to do really early on. And I think it really helps make an event a much higher quality than having to move stuff around yourselves.
0: It's
1: definitely set standard, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because the transition from Warhammer Fantasy into Age of Sigmar, I think the the density of terrain was increased slightly, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was no longer three little woods, two cut-up doormats and a hill.
1: Yeah. That you you push to one side.
2: Yeah. (coughs) Deploy them in a corner, bounce them around the edge.
0: So actually, you go into a large-scale event and having to bring your own terrain. For me, having gone to... My first tournament in a fantasy setting uh, was an Age of Sigmar tournament, so my my previous tournament experience was all 40k and having to bring terrain when i went to south coast i was like why am i bringing terrain to a tournament like surely this is the to's job and it was just completely beyond me that you know that i would have to bring t- uh terrain to an event so you're yeah, absolutely right i mean th- i think these days it's, it's something you see a, a, a much less and I, I can't remember the last event where i've seen bringing your own terrain apart from kind of like narrative stuff he- where you're encouraged
1: I, th- I, th- I think it's, um, what I would say, it's easier said than done um, uh, because there is, a, there is a big cost to it. And when you've had years of people sort of bringing their own terrain, um, and so I can, see, I can sort of see the benefit of it. Not only have you got the, the commitment uh, to build the terrain, and when you've got 10 pieces of terrain uh, per table and 100 tables, you know, do the maths on that, that's how many pieces of terrain, that's how many boxes, not only you've got setup costs involved with that which is massive and i don't have that kind of money you've also got in the storage space uh to put all that in plus mats and everything else like that now i don't have the financial backing as a new startup event to do that um or, or even like the space to do it and, and so it poses a, a problem it poses a challenge to to, to do all of that so when I say sort it's easier said than done. I think I think it is, and I think part of me thinks maybe forty k were a bit spoiled for quite a while. Um, that, 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 that they've got that, but now obviously with Ben's kind of you know pushed the boat out and financially committed to to doing all that terrain has got a team around him. I'll go back to that team that that important we not I um, that is a key to any event being set up. That it's you know it takes so much to do all that terrain. So you know. Uh, maybe you know we're being a bit lazy by hiring it because i haven't got the time and effort to make all that terrain but identified as sort of a a valuable cost and
0: i don't think it's lazy i think i think you're just being you're being kind of efficient with your time you're thinking right it's going to cost me x amount of hours to do all this terrain am i going to do it to the same to to a certain standard or is it just going to be blank polystyrene no do you know what i'm just going to invest money rather than time in it uh, because it's about the player experience isn't it? It's not. It's not necessarily about whether it's worth Correct, worth yeah. your time or money. It's it's just the player experience. You, you have access to being able to pay someone else to provide a, a certain amount of terrain and mats. Job done. Because and that will ultimately increase the player experience for the better.
1: I get. I guess there's the the long term sort of financial commitment to. Getting all that terrain, uh, you know, spending that terrain, and I guess maybe in a couple of years' time, if I've got a player base that com- that's coming ro- regularly, we could commit uh, the, the money to making our own terrain. Because what that then does in the long term is means you're, you don't then have to spend future years building terrain, uh, uh, hiring terrain. Because effectively, that's what you're doing, isn't it? You're renting terrain out, um, and if you've got a big set of terrain that you've made for the event um you you can then invest that money that you're hiring on onto other things so the longevity is you know that's that's an important thing but i guess when we don't have a a player base to speak of yet because we're a first time event it it would be uh, you know pretty foolish of me or liam or anybody else involved to put in a couple of grand's worth of uh uh uh, finances on a risk that is probably not worth needed to be taken
0: no absolutely that makes that makes perfect sense so going on to the pack itself talk me talk me through the pack in terms of how you wanted to run this event how you wanted to put your own individual spin on this so it's not just a generic vanilla cookie cutter warhammer event how what 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 personal spin have you put on this um so what i what i first
1: off what i found quite difficult actually was actually writing everything i wanted down without waffling um now Liam will account to Just just for the um, record,
0: having seen the draft pack, you haven't achieved that. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, you see have seen see
2: the first work. version. <laughs> well, well, oh, yeah, Liam. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. I don't envy like I your job, before. mate. We, we we all have different skills and abilities, and and writing rules packs this isn't mine. I'm kind of like the ideas guy, and and Liam's like, no, no, let's, the one that puts in all in all the, the hard
0: work. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, basically, you know, he's he's the power behind the throne. Um, so that I mean, that's important to figure out. But you know, um, there's little things that I want to try and achieve. You talk about making it personable. And personal to the players involved. Um, if you if you look on the list submission section, it's a is a key good um, example um, of. of- Getting the players to give me something about them that people might not know about them. You know, you know, I might have webbed feet or something like that. Now that later on may may help me sort of make the event a little bit more personal, but funny at the same time. There's no there's no going to be sort of like um, uh, uh, humiliations or anything like that. It's just it's just all about uh, trying something new, trying something different. Um and, and 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 that's a sort of a key point to the event itself. Um and how I will use that information is 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 gonna be sort of like what information I get. I might not get anything. So that's the other thing I'm sort of exploring a little bit, trying something a bit different. Um and if in and if you know, if we get something funny or we get some stories or anecdotes that we can use as part of the event, um then, then we can roll with it. We might not get anything, it might fall flat on its face. But, um, you know, I think you've got to try these things uh, to see uh, what happens Um going forward
0: I think I think the key is that it's going to be used in a light-hearted manner and it's going to be information that people themselves have been willing to provide knowing that you might use it like that so yes you know if, yeah, if yeah. you if you go up to take your first place trophy after winning an event you can say and the list goes to uh someone who actually xyz you know or you know little, exactly. little known fact that you know Bob Smith used to be in a in a heavy metal band or whatever you know you, you know what I mean you can just you can use that information in a, in a and it might be light-hearted it might be amusing or it might be just something a bit interesting but it's information that players have given up themselves knowing that you might use it in that way in a light-hearted manner so it's, totally, not, it's yeah. not kind of vindictive or, or malicious
1: no 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 totally and and that was just what sort of like one little little way i thought you know i've not seeing any event do that and i think some events probably don't have the time or they don't or they're not thought about it i don't know uh, but it was just it was just something a little bit different um and you know it you know, we'll go from there, really. Um I don't, I don't know what people might do. You know, it's a bit of a throw it out there and see what happens kind of idea.
0: <laughs> and so in terms of Malign Sorcery, how how much of that are you incorporating into your pack? Because when we spoke to Steve a couple of episodes ago, he did run a slightly kind of comped version of Malign Sorcery.
2: So we're going to be doing no realm artifacts, no realm spells, no realm command abilities. Basically, nothing from Malign Sorcery. With the exception of endless spells.
0: That's really interesting, and I think it will it changes the dynamic slightly because some characters are very, very good if you give them a certain uh, artifact from a certain realm. But if you if you remove that, then that character, that model, that unit suddenly becomes you know on a different scale in the ladder. So it also it gives a, a Battle Tome's a different kind of challenge, doesn't it? Because you're looking for. I've heard in, a lot of
1: people like mo- moan or oh, I kinda have the thermal rider cloak, so it's not worth taking that kind of sort of attitude. And it's like some items in there just get used by, get used so easily and effectively by certain, certain armies out there. And it seems, it seems pretty unfair and they're pretty old, aren't they?
0: Thermal Rider, like the yeah, I mean, Doppelganger, what? Like um, what else? Brooch. Yeah, Brooch, Eighth Quartz Broach, Ignat North Scales, like- yeah, you, you get you get the same artifacts appearing, and it's almost you know, pe- people aren't picking these because they've written a, a realm you know, army. You know, and I like how Cities of Sigmar kind of tied people to realms by the city allegiances. But people aren't saying, oh, I'm gonna create an excellent um, realm of fire army. They're gonna create they create an army and say, What do I need? I need a way to save mortal wounds. Okay, I'll just say it from yeah. the realm of fire, I'll take Ignacks. Certainly, yeah. you know, people, yeah, that, certainly, you know <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's you know, that's the order in which the decision making process happens, really, isn't it? Yeah. Oh totally,
1: yeah totally. <laughs> oh, we will do it, don't we?
0: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying I don't do anything different, but uh, I think it's uh, it will be interesting to see how you know what battle tomes do well without the the input of these kind of uh, all these kind of spells and. Um, uh, I think artifacts.
1: I think for me the general feel is it just makes the stronger books better.
2: It definitely does. Well, the newer books. I mean, I've written a list for Brotherhood with. Three artifacts in, and they're all from the book I'm taking. There's not one realm artifact in there, and I think between our team we've only got like two or three realm artifacts as opposed to ones from the battle tomes.
0: And also, also, not only that, it, it increases the, it impacts your decision on whether to include a battalion or not. Because yeah, sure, they're getting you a uh, an additional command point but they also give you an an extra artifact. So if you don't have a whole bunch of artifacts to choose from and you've only got your book ones and you do have an older book, let's say, so it's all right if you've got ogres or whatever and you've got, or Stormcast, where you've got artifacts for different types of heroes and mount traits for, you know, coming out your yin-yang. But if it's it's an older book where you don't have access to that, then, well, if you like Seraphon, you know, you're looking at six artifacts. So you don't don't really care if if you're not using a battalion because you probably didn't want two of them anyway.
1: I I I think also the, the, the inevitably the way the game works the way games workshop work their their working models the the newer books are generally going to be stronger anyway because they've got new toys to play with so i think without the um malign sorcery artifacts they're still going to be strong without them anyway um so but then it's identifying which one's are the strong ones which one's are the weak ones. so i just think it's in a, you know, a carpet carpet no no for all of them is just you know it's just a sort of a healthy decision or is it just a decision it's just a decision Um, and
0: it's it's it creates a certain type of event and as you say people can if they want to go to an event like that they can they can certainly choose to and if they if they don't then they don't have to exactly although playing playing devil's advocate coming back and you said it makes stronger books um even stronger or the stronger books slightly better equally you could argue that it makes the less strong books it gives them a leg up and it, it gives them it gives them a fighting chance to compete against those new books
1: yeah, but then I guess it's, it's it's identifying which books get the artifacts, which books don't, and 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 because you know Age of Sigmar is such a big game, you know what, what 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 book is bad, what book is you know, and they're so specific, and uh, you know I just I, I, I you know it's it's, it's, it's you, you go down another minefield, don't you?
2: Oh, I, I absolutely. Do, every every uh,
0: every choice and every decision, you know, it, it creates a different impact on the game, doesn't it? You could take one does, thing yeah. out, and it it creates these ripples. So I so I um after what event was it face hammer a couple of years ago actually
1: I, I came away from the event thinking well it may have been a blood and glory I kind of, anyway i came away from having this, those same feelings of i want to do an event i want to do i, I wanted this was, and, and i wanted to do something that no other tournament does and i thought right heavy to aos many years ago there used to be an event called tempest with um uh run by andrew chesney and uh, Bobo, not the Bobo we know, but another guy called Bobo, ironically. Um, anyway, they did a heavy comp with them. Now, this was in the age of sort of 7th edition where books would come out. You know, you get four books a year um, and, and you know, the, the rules packed. So the, the game wouldn't change very quickly. So you could do a heavy comp pack. Um, so I set up a WhatsApp group to try and get people involved to come up with some kind of AOS comping system, like overly heavily comped on purpose just so it forced people to take different units yeah artifacts you may have never seen before and maybe come out with some new filth however it was really pretty much impossible to do because the meta changed so quickly uh, and um, and 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 how cross Kazamas could cross over you don't just comp disciples as each you you, you have to comp the potential of and core allying together and so you got all these variables it was just like it was an absolute non-starter and and that and and that just fell flat on its face really
0: well it's it's Um, it's like newton's third law isn't it everything you do creates an an equal opposite reaction against against that thing so if you if you nerf zinch then to, to get rid of chains host then does that make a certain other faction insanely powerful because yeah they don't need to build for counter magic,
1: and, and I think given how the seventh, eighth edition used to be, the development of books was so much slower. You, you know, you you, you could compensate, you, you could respond very quickly to a comp pack.
0: The game was in uh, a very but, different place at that point, though, wasn't it? And you know, as you totally say, the speed of releases and the, the constantly shifting meta that we've got at the moment, I think you, you don't you don't need a comp almost. It's, it's like no. when you see people online go, you know, X Y Z thing is broken. You know, this is an outrage. This the game's the game's rubbish because this thing's broken that I played in a tournament once, you know, and by the time you go to another tournament in three months time, that's that's changed. <laughs>
1: Well, because people have responded to the meta, haven't they? They've gone, right, okay, um, we can't fight FEC anymore, so we need to bring stuff which can pile into it or shoot it or do something. So, you know, the you know, the meta just changes, doesn't it? The meta changes, players
0: Yeah, Exactly, I think that's really important because, you know, let's take let's take Bone Reapers, you know, Pet- Petrifex Bone Reapers. Oh, you know, they're, they're, they're the big bad at the moment being talked about on social media. Well, they don't get their bonuses in the shooting phase, do they? And they don't respond well to mortal wounds. So... If you know you're going to be facing loads of Petrofex, then then adapt your list accordingly. If, if, yeah, if, if what you're taking, if what you're used to taking isn't doing well, then yet the problem isn't necessarily the army you're facing. It's that you don't necessarily have the tools to deal with that new threat. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't necessarily make that threat broken. It just means that you haven't got the tools to deal with it. So adapt and overcome totally we've uh, well, we've, think- we've sidetracked somewhat we've sidetracked started I, as, talking as about meta analysis now
1: I, th- I thought that i thought well, that's fine though isn't it exactly you know but it's i mean boiling back to the the, the original point um talking about you know um uh the, the, the actual comp of of malign sorcery and the impact it has on people. You know, make the decision to not use it um is is, is I guess a degree of comping. Um uh but it, it kind of just sort of like levels the playing field out a little bit um in, in, in the sense of sort of making the stronger the stronger armies a little bit a little bit weaker. You know, it may make some of the weaker armies weaker, but I think by the very nature of weaker armies they're, you know they're gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna struggle no matter what and it just probably makes for a slightly better playing environment um if your movement twenty uh frost art phoenix doesn't now have movement twenty four with spells and a f- thermal wind rider cloak or whatever it's called or or an additional four board save um to mortal wounds because why not eh? um so I think you know i think holistically i think you know it's pretty more balancing than than not.
0: And talking of gaze workshop publications like Malign Sorcery, uh, you've obviously set. You've got a summer event coming up, and there is a certain book that tends to come out in and around the summertime. So we,
2: yes. That's...
1: So we, we looked at. Do you remember looking at the the dates, Liam? About when we, Yeah, trying to work when we,
2: out when it came out last year. What, then link, when we could get the venue we wanted.
1: But then also linking that into when when is there a space in the year for a new yeah. hundred player event? And and I, I looked at it. I was like, oh, there's this. This sweet little sweet spot right in the middle of july where there's no events around anywhere it's just before the etc so people from the etc might want to come and have their last practice event and it's like oh i wonder why nobody's picked that weekend no and to can't be any reason. and it's like oh maybe there is a reason here but hey ho, let's run with it anyway <laughs> so we're not competing with anyone
2: so we're on that we're giving a month's uh, not a month's a week's grace so if the New General's Handbook is out a week before the event, then we'll use it. If not, we'll use the current one.
0: So, if the General's Handbook is released on or before the 11th of July, yep. you're using it. Otherwise, if not,
2: old one or current one.
0: That makes sense. A week is a. To get used to an army book, a week is a, a fairly decent amount of time. To get used to a kind of a game changing, because essentially it's a new edition of the game almost, isn't it? It's a. Yeah, definitely. You know, 9 point, so 9.4 will... or whatever, rather than rather than 10th edition
2: but as we said in the pack we will try and use like presume the scenarios get updated again we will use similar ones to what we've picked within the pack game four, star strike
0: so it will be you know gift from the heavens star strike you know meteor landing collection scenario of some type yes Yes.
1: yeah 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 see i did interestingly i did a poll on this on twitter uh, before christmas and um that you know there was there was different opinions On on how we should respond to this. However, sort of like overwhelmingly, the decision was uh, the new book as quick as possible. People don't want to be playing old rules. People want to get their teeth into absolutely.
0: into the new book. So we've actually done a bit of market research, actually, haven't we? I mean, <laughs> I remember that, thread. It did get... And that's the, that's the best thing. Everyone's got their preference, you know, and you'll have people passionately arguing that it needs to be two weeks or three weeks or four weeks or something. And then they'll still come to the event and they'll still have an absolute blast because they want to play Warhammer, you know, and just yeah, because they, they think that or they feel like, you know, they would, like, they would have liked more time, you know, doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to an event where they don't have that time.
1: I also think... i'm 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 going to throw it out there i'm going to trust games workshop to do a good job of it and i don't think on 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 general the general's handbook never changes so significantly anyway i mean i know when aos2 came out with the command abilities and stacking command abilities that was a bit bonkers hopefully if we don't identify anything bonkers silly like that is to sort of keep keep everything in as much as we can so people know what they're coming for yeah um, although i think you've got to
0: take into account things like allies or mercenaries or you know that kind of thing so the general's handbook it isn't an absolute paradigm shift but it can it does change the game in a significant manner yeah definitely I
2: mean, yeah but it's like a new patch to a computer game as opposed to the second version of a computer game
0: yeah and no, absolutely no it's, as i say it's it's kind of a, a point point four or you know nine, i think 9.4 version rather than version 10 isn't it yeah i think i
1: think also the likelihood is looking at the dates of when generals handbooks come out before it's been the end of june anyway so i think i think it was like it, we felt it was important to put something in the rules pack about what scenarios we're going to use so people know what they're buying however the likelihood is that's going to change and we're we, you know we're pretty honest with that in the rule book in the rule pack and i think you know people know that when they buy it so if they know that beforehand you know you know what you're getting don't you so you know, I think it's I think it's good. But equally, I think it might be exciting to be the first event to use the new General's Handbook. Yeah, so absolutely. it's kind of it's, it's lots. Chris really really events sun.
0: in in the past when he's run summer events have been in a similar position where they have when they have run. Um, yeah, you know the, the first. The so, first people, the new, so people so people look
1: to that as a oh how what's the new General's Handbook? What, what new feel are we going to get? And so I think I think there's equally exciting times to be had with it.
0: Definitely. So, talking of scenarios, what scenarios have you chosen? Ones I like.
1: <laughs>
0: I used the ones I.
1: I used I again, didn't I? I,
2: you know, but you I did know. pick them, so it's fine. I did. I did. I did. And, and none of you. None. Actually, no, no. No, I. I, if I, I didn't you, agree with it. I would have changed one.
0: Exactly. exactly. So, Mark, so talk I, me through your decision-making process on why those scenarios <laughs> exist, rather than rather than just because you like them. Um. <laughs>
1: um. I think, for me, it's doing the ones which are not as bonkers that it, people come away from the game thinking, oh, that was an awful game. Um, uh, 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 and ones which have uh, a degree of um, uh, uh, variety, uh, different, like we've got Battle for the Pass in there, different set of minute mechanisms. You're not just, every game sort of 12 from the front, 12 from the, uh, the centre or something like that. So we've got different deployments. Um, and, and ones that people are used to and feel comfortable playing with as well. Um, so again we're not we're not sort of again breaking the wheel with it um but it's you know they're all exciting ones but they're not all ones where people can like finish the game on turn three that's done kind of thing so you know i think they're all ones that i would be quite happy to play an event um and not think ugh. you know when you when you get those i see i quite like i like this this scenario i like um relocation orb i love it but i think i'm in the minority when i think about that so that's why i didn't choose that one but if i would have to have my way i think i would have relocation orb so i didn't pick that for for the community's sake
0: liam liam is relocation orb one of the ones you would have taken out
2: um probably for the same reason mark just mentioned i I agree with mark i really like it as a scenario but at the same time it you can lose a game through no fault of your own and that's what we've tried to at least limit with the scenarios we've picked
1: do you think we've gone boring, Liam, or we played it safe?
2: No, we've not got I mean we've got Star Strike in there. We've mm-hmm. got shifting oh. objectives in there. Both of them have got a small random element in them.
1: See Shifting Objectives, I I did an absolute U turn on that one. When it used to be Battle for the Pass sort of uh a sideways thing it was the worst Game ever because it was just one big scrap in the middle and I hated it. It was just like, oh my god, why are we even bothering? The first time and the first time I ever played that one was with AD Mack at Bobo, and we just we just literally had our combat armies sat in the middle of the game, fought and got very drunk, and you know, you know, there was no real tactics involved. And uh, but when you change that scenario to be lengthways. I found it really exciting, and it's you know you've really got to think about it. So that that kind of that scenario went from hero to zero in, zero to hero in my eyes. <laughs> but they've all gone, they've all got a bit of random element to them. But I think they're ones that people are comfortable with, and they're not any that anyone people that groan about if they have to play it. And you know I may be wrong there. You know, you know uh, people may may groan moan about some of them, but you know you can't please everyone. But you know. That's how I
0: feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you're right. You've got shifting Objective and you've got Star Strike in there. You've got ones with a little bit of uh, kind of risk and gamble in there. But you've also got, and you've got Scorched Earth as well. So you know, there's also a little bit of that on the when you on, on the choice to burn. So I don't I not think you've gone boring.
1: I think it's only I think when you when you break it down, some like I mean, how many scenarios are there? Is it? 18 now?
0: 18
1: and and when you when you what five games that's you know so, so you don't have really have that many options to decide what you're what you're playing with because well, especially
0: you're... when you remove you remove the ones that you can win on turn 3 yeah and you remove the ones where it's a bit bonkers <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like yeah.
2: When you only left with maybe, and
0: then you're 10. only left with five. <laughs> Those are the five you've got. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, we're not. We're not biased. At th- all there's like. not. There's not. There's not that many. I, I'm, I'm joking. Really. There's. There's. There's a couple in there that you kind of that you do think. Oh God, not this one um and a great example so relocation orbs one of them because you look at it and you think right it's got diagonal deployment and it's got mad objectives so that's just going to be it's just a headache you know it, it's it's a fun fun game to play and it, it can create some interesting matches but it's just a bit of a headache because there's a lot of things to think about and the objectives are a little bit bonkers aren't they
1: yeah the other one we kept out um we have kept it haven't we um total commitment
0: yeah total commitment that's that's an interesting one because um that that does force people's hands on on armies slightly and again this is something that you know going back to episode 3 where we spoke with Steve, Steve kept that in for a specific reason he wanted it to, he wanted different armies to be good at certain objectives certain scenarios rather and wanted to keep Total Commitment in there because it, it almost checked certain armies What armies does it check though? Is it, is it, is it Well I mean <laughs> yeah Shadow Strike Nighthorn, Stormcast. Strike, Nighthorn um, certain Stormcast builds uh, certain KO builds
2: Iden F eel builds.
0: Yeah, it, so it it doesn't necessarily stop people taking those. And the point was, it, it just is a shot across the bowels to those who want to run an extreme list of that type. It says, right, that list might do well in four scenarios, but you know there's going to be one there that it won't do
2: well at. But out of all those ones we just listed, only the Iden F are generally accepted to be like a top-tier army. Mm, so all exactly. we're doing by enforcing total commitment is making not so good armies weaker. So not having it in the pack means you're at least getting to use your allegiance abilities for Nighthorn for Stormcast, which are built into the points cost of the army. Hmm. And
1: and it sort of really hampers, you know, Stormcast, uh, you know, this is where, you know, <clears throat> scenarios can be fluid. See, the way the current meta is, is that, you know, I don't think, I think that hampers too many armies uh, who, like, like what Liam's already said about, who have that ability to teleport included within their costs, um So you know, keeping it out is you know I think I think it's the right decision at the time. You know, six months time on the line, it might be a really bad choice, but you know you can only you can only run with what you've got, right? Uh, and what yeah, you know. I,
0: and I, and as and again as it is almost exactly what I said is there aren't there, there aren't necessarily good or bad choices in creating your own event it's it's just this is the choice that you wanted to make totally, and, yeah. and and as Liam alluded to a few minutes ago the variety in the events on the scene at the moment is is a strength is a good thing
1: and it lets us do that doesn't it you know you know the the amount of events out there so we can do what we want Sod everyone else
0: <laughs> well, that's the that's spirit, a, Mark. A, yeah. a, that's the way a, that's to make friends do. and sell tickets, isn't it? It is, isn't
1: it? Just swear at people and put middle finger up. and then, But, you know, that, that might work. People might like that. I might try that.
2: But Going back to <laughs> what I think was the original question about how we want to make this event our own. So... From like the gaming side of you, we've picked with scenarios we enjoy that we hope other people do too. But we're trying to remove any ambiguity ambiguity between players. So we'll have things like terrain maps for each scenario so that there's none of this um kind of dance at the start of an event where one of you wants to put the object when you go to put the objectives down, someone's trying to move the terrain piece four inches to the left and the other person wants it four inches to the right it's already laid out for you and the same with the reason we're running stem for schedule it's so that when you get it rewards people who play tougher opponents who win more games over the course of the weekend so with none of this or you got an easy round one and picked up 2000 victory points it's just based but on they get, how but you they can
1: but they came bottom didn't they so that might need a bit more explaining liam because i think that that's that's you're talking about the final scoring right yeah the 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 end of the event looking at tiebreakers
2: yeah so with if we sell all 100 tickets and have um or five game five games we're going to have multiple people who've won all their games and we've got um secondaries in there so that will provide a First sorting system within for the, the
0: secondaries go automatically into TPs, don't they? Yes, we do. Yeah. And so all, um, all strength of the schedule does is it is it if you're on the same number of TPs, it takes those who have fought stronger opponents in the whole event. Yeah,
2: yeah basically. basically. Yeah. So it rewards the people who've had a tougher run,
0: <coughs> and not
1: people who've bashed all weekend.
2: Basically, yeah <laughs> There's no nice way to say it, but yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that's and that's and again, that's playing... what I usually do well at events. To be fair.
0: Well, playing Devil's Advocate on that is you don't necessarily have a choice against who you play rounds one and two, do you? You could get against... Uh, You could get against someone who ultimately performs very poorly over the course of the weekend on game one by a random draw, and then you could then win that one, and then all you need to do is play someone that was in a pair of people that then don't end up doing very well, not very good players perhaps, um, and one of those has got to have won their their game. So suddenly both your two two opening games have been against someone through no choice of your own against uh, someone who has a poor strength of schedule.
2: Yeah, I get that. But then your game three are against someone who's won at minimum two, your game four is against someone who's won at least a minimum of three, and your game five is against someone who's won at least a minimum of four. So you're more than averaging it out over the course of a weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate, just kind of throwing out different, different views. Yeah, I think, I,
2: I, think,
1: I think not everyone uses strength of schedule, and I think, I think it's, um, you know, I, th- I think maybe because it doesn't get talked about very much because it's not used as, as a sort of, a, 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 as a, a like a secondary sort of outcome. Uh, you know, there's always normally sort of like, like scenario, uh, how many hidden objectives you scored, or event may. The first tiebreaker and stuff like that, so you know it doesn't get used that often, I don't think, and you know, so you know, it's, it's something to consider, but it's not anything I think you need to sort of worry about too much.
0: And your event is being streamed, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we've got the um, the lovely honest war gamer coming, and that just makes it sort of feel make an event feel more sort of international because obviously has people all over the world watching and uh i i think it just creates a bit of excitement and hype about uh, hype about events and also the venue itself um has got a big cuz it's a student halls it's got a big stage where we're going to have two maybe three three might be pushing it but we can get three ta- three tables on the top of over two um to stream two games at the same time, potentially I'm going to, I'm in talks with Rob about that at the moment, uh, the possibility of that taking place. I want to know sort of like the impact if people enjoy that as well. So that's something sort of in, in discussion at the moment, but it's, I I think it's really exciting that Rob comes and does that and uh, the Honest Wargamer crew and, you know, I'm hopefully going to be catering for a good support network. So it's just not, you know, when you invite them to come and come to an event, they, uh you can say well, what what sort of report do you want do you just want do you want people go around different tables do you want uh, uh a roaming reporter so they can get uh, what's happening on the lower tables and stuff like
0: that and uh what do you think the impact of game streaming is on players do you think there's do you think there's more pressure on people these days uh, um i i i think it really boils down to choice it,
1: it, if it's too much pressure for you then you are not and uh you know I, I will make it incredibly clear if you don't want to go on it there is absolutely no pressure to you girls so you don't even need to explain or give me an explanation why you don't want to go on it you just don't do it, go on it so i mean i quite like doing it and i found it really exciting because people can watch it. the last time i was on was with games workshop south coast city and i had one of the best games of warhammer and even the people watching were like like you could tell people were quite excited by the game but if you don't want to do it apps you know if there is if there is an ounce of pressure that you feel by going on the stream and you know I, I would prefer you to tell me you don't want to do it um so you know it's it boils down to the individual player really um but the honesty from the event organizers to say look it's fine you don't don't need to explain yourself there's no need for you to explain yourself it's there as an option if you
0: want to do it I think it's brilliant i I, I love love being on the stream because you can watch your games back and you can learn. Yeah, you can. Yeah, because yeah. you, you, cause you can, and you can watch your mistakes that you didn't realize you're making, being narrated by someone else. You know, having someone say, "Oh, it's top of turn two. He's just got just one priority. I wonder whether he'll move that unit X to to the top left corner there to to kind of block off the incoming deep strike from the eels that are in the in the sea." And you yeah, just yeah. think, you just think, Do you know what? I hadn't even thought of that. I sh- should should probably have done that. You know, as it is, they didn't happen because I did something else, and the, your opponent did something. But you just you're you're getting other people trying to like second guess your your logic and your thought process. And that is really useful because you can see like other perspectives on your game that you weren't necessarily concentrating on.
1: So, so I think that's that is watching people play games. You can really learn a lot. And it, and it, it sounds really boring, doesn't it? However, I, I mean, my first experience wasn't on that similar note there, uh, Dan, was was going to the ETC. Um, the first time I went to the ETC, I, I the first time I applied, I didn't get onto the final team. Um, however, they said, "Look, if you want to come out as a bit of a spare player but also as a bit of a coach and supporting the rest of the team because uh, I was I think I was going to go out anyway, so they said, Look, come along and be part of the team and, and sort of act as sort of secondary coach So I did that, and my my gaming ability stepped up no end, watching some of the best players in the country uh, watch them play Warhammer all weekend at the ETC and I just learned so much from watching people play. And it's, this, you know, that same concept, watching yourself learn, watching yourself play. Um, and, you know, if you, if you want to get better at your game and you go on stream, that's one of the benefits you get for it. And, you know, you know, it's you, you do get an awful lot of benefit from doing it. If you want to do it, some people don't want to. So, you know, some people don't want to see how rubbish they are at the game.
0: What do you think about it, Liam? Do you think there's um, additional pressure on players to get their, their rules 100% right? You know, if... If you've got a kind of a chat that's kind of you know if you do something wrong you've got a chat that's kind of going always oh, cheating
2: but definitely i mean we had it in war machine for about a year and a half before it kind of drifted over to 40k and um then age of sigma and when it first came out there was quite a big kerfuffle about a couple of instances where people had blatantly cheated and then there was a couple of instances where people had been had done something accidentally and like you say it's this whole only that person knows if they've cheated or have accidentally made the mistake and it's this reputation that you could get which is undeserved which does worry me occasionally but at the same time whenever I've done it via Honest Wargamer or Warhammer TV I've always really enjoyed doing it and getting to go back and watch it and learn from it is a brilliant tool to have I mean most um online games now have a replay tool for that very reason it's to help you improve mm. so getting the chance to do that with Warhammer isn't something that you get a chance to do very often so I feel if you get given the opportunity you should jump at it really.
0: yeah I, th- I think I think having a healthy critical audience on on any activity you do whether it's work or play is definitely useful and if if you can't if you can't take that crit- critical kind of audience looking at your decisions and saying and asking you why you did that then um then have the confidence to to know that you did something in good faith, you know, not necessarily you know, if you do make an honest mistake then that's fine, but actually having people kind of ask you why you did that is is important. It's important to to learning about how to develop yourself as a player, isn't it? Mm. Definitely. And uh what about other sponsors, other people involved in the event?
1: Yeah, so we've got the um oh so lovely Byron Ord doing from Element Games and uh his him and his element game boys are going to sponsor us with some uh, lovely surprise supports and they do what they normally do. Um, But then also we've got, uh, I I wanted to go for a few extras. So there's Dark Fantasy Mills who do uh, Great Terrain, which you can, you know, you can Google them now and see what they have to offer. Dark
0: Fantastic Mills. Yes, sorry, Fantastic Mills. So looking at other events, what what have you, Mark, what's your favourite event been that you've been to recently this year? Oh. And by this year, clearly I mean last year.
1: 2019. They're all great for different reasons, and that's really, I think that's a lot harder to sort of say. Um, I think I've had a really good year of competitive gaming, Um, considering I don't play as much as I used to. Everything, every event I've done, I've gone to really well. So I've really enjoyed every event from a gaming perspective. I've always been sort of like, I think at Bobo, uh, I was on table one, and there was another event. I was on table one for the last game. I can't remember. Oh, oh uh, Bobo, Bobo again, actually. Bobo, Chris, Crim Bobo. And uh, just every single game was just so exciting. So it's really hard to say what an event. And every event provo- provides something different. Um, I, I, re- I really enjoyed Bobo. That was a good event. Um, Face Ham was great. Face Ham was also great because of the night out as well. Um, going out to Manchester and falling asleep on the taxi at three in the morning on the way back. That was great. So, yeah, every event I've gone to, it's just been... I've enjoyed every single one for a different reason. Even going back to the beginning of 2019, Sheffield Slaughter, interestingly, you know, I think sometimes I whinge about the game itself, Age of Sigmar, about certain certain books that are coming out and the power imbalance of the new books and stuff like that. But actually, when I sit down and actually play the games with people, all that goes out the window. So actually, I've had I don't think I've had a bad tournament game in all of 2019. So I think this is where, going back to the event that we want to make, is kind of like the game in itself plays itself. We don't really have to tinker with AOS very much. So it's all about what you can provide beyond the actual game. And that's my experience from 2019, that every event I've been to this year or last year, I've had great games. And that's been like the easy bit. It's, it's been what else has been involved around the games. So for you to ask me what's my best, I, I'm going to say all of them because I've had a great time with everyone. So that's a really rubbish answer.
0: But that's that what I'm That is,
2: getting. yeah. Liam, what about you? Well, I'm going to give you an actual answer. <laughs> Thank you. I oh, think, boring. I love how, boring. I love how
0: I've asked the question and Mark's just like gone on. And then Liam's like, now I'm just actually going to respond to the question you asked 10 minutes <laughs> well, ago. Well,
2: I've had about 15 minutes to think of an answer. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: for every single um, question, you've had about 10 minutes of Mark dig on.
2: So i only did about three three events of last year due to a new addition in the family in summer but my favorite one was the warhammer world team event back in january so
1: our team events were the best
2: 49 weeks ago from when we were recording but brilliant event really enjoyed it team events for me the best part of the hobby so really why, don't high we te- why why
1: why don't we do a team event then, Liam? If that's the best event. Why why are we not doing a team event, Liam?
0: One at, one Come at a time. Mark. Come one on, time. <laughs> let's get let's get a singles event down before you start biting off more than yeah. you can chew. Start small. <laughs> so why do you like team events so much, Liam?
2: It's just for camaraderie between like you always go to an event with friends and you're always kind of talking to each other how's your game gone, blah blah blah. But actual team event you look in? up and down, getting like thumbs up, thumbs down from the people you're playing with all weekend. It's just brilliant. There's awesome. not much more to it, really. Awesome.
1: Can... I mean, I, I, I would attend to that as well. I mean, team events, you know, having done ETC and having done numerous team events like across the years, I've always come away from team events. Sometimes it's not always about the individual game. It's more about how the team performs. And, you know, sometimes, you know, if you've heard the term being thrown under the bus, you get paired up against an army that you know is gonna beat you, but you full well know that one bad matchup can give the rest of your team good matchups so you can lose your game but actually think, I'm doing a good job here. I've that's lost my, my game most but that, hated that's...
2: phrase in Warhammer. <laughs> Why like, so people, Liam? People say it like, Oh, I don't mind getting thrown under a bus as part of a team. It's like, no, but that's not it. You still want to get something out of that game. You just you're looking for a reason to not win your game. Like, yeah. you said, like, well, there's a reason for it, but that's fine. But especially in the way AOS team events are, getting the second is maybe even pulling out a bad scenario for someone else within the team, not just the army. And it's a me when people just use that phrase casually.
1: Oh, I feel like we've just been told off, Dan. <laughs> well,
0: f- rightly so. Rightly so, Mark. <laughs> So, just before we go into our final questions, um, let's just do a quick wrap-up of the event. So, War on the Heartlands is a five-game competitive Age of Sigmar tournament run on the 18th and 19th of July 2020. Tickets are going to go on sale on Friday the 24th of January?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: And they're going to cost £55? Yes, they will. Yes. And that will include five games of Warhammer, all-terrain gaming mats, two lunchtime meals bunch of prizes and awards as well as some funky shenanigans more on which later mark i know you've got you want to talk about funky shenanigans in a second um and it is at the de montfort students union in leicester
2: yes indeed so you can work out what that means for bar prices yourself there's
0: there's also going to be yeah the bar prices are
1: great um, uh, but also parking. Um, there's going to be it's it, again. I'm it's still in negotiations at this point. But it's either going to be free or it's like two pound a day. So it's either it's either nothing or hopefully a minimal amount. So so you don't need to worry about that. Because sometimes people worry about that, don't they? Where are they going to park an event? And you know, turning up at half eight, knowing you've got 15 minutes to get to the event, and you know, panicking and everything like
0: that. And so, Mark, do you want to touch on some funky shenanigans?
1: Well. Um, some of the stuff is secret, uh, which, which I, I had my, I feel like I was, my arm was bent to tell Dan some of the funky shenanigans cause he was too anxious about it, but I told him and you know, what was your response Dan?
0: Speechless. I was speechless. Now it sounds, it sounds fun. It sounds fun. Genuinely though, um, I I was chatting to Mark and I was like, "What's this? What's this city city What's your, what's your secret surprise for the weekend?" And uh, Mark was like, "No, I'm not going to tell you it's secret." And I was like, "I don't like that. I don't like that. There's something <laughs> unknown about this event because a tea, a, a pack." for a tournament it should give you everything you need to know about the event right and the, the kind of the threat of this unknown thing that could happen genuinely was like oh I don't I don't want like I don't know because some events you know some events have a different vibe and, and I, I wanted to go to a, a fairly chilled out event I didn't want like you know everyone's going to be handcuffed to a to another player you know that kind of thing do you know what I mean I didn't I didn't, I didn't want something Ooh, weird that or silly like my
1: kind of tournament. <laughs>
0: yeah so I genuinely I was just like oh, I'm not not sure what to think about it but when you told me Mark it sounds like a a right laugh it sounds really really funny and a, a cool little way it's it's nothing to be i to be concerned about or anxious um uh, genuinely it, it does sound like a right laugh um and it, it isn't anything that if people have like social anxiety or anything like that uh, about like it's nothing for people yeah, like, nothing like that for people to worry about it's not like oh uh, totally yeah yeah totally that's the
1: right and um, there is another thing which I, I am going to do uh, which I've not particularly put in the rules pack, which I might do, which it seems like I may, may have forgotten about, actually. Um, <clears throat> but because it's our first event, um, uh, I, uh, you know, Dress to Impress. So what I've, I'm going to do is um, get people to come up in their smarts. On, on for game one, if they do, if they do come in their smarts, their best frocks, their best party dress, they're going to get a little prize as well. So, um, but again, that'll be again not not prize where I'm going to handcuff you to somebody a prize that you'll like. Well, hopefully you'll like anyway. So, if you come up in your finest attire, um, you you um, uh, you'll get a little gift from me just to celebrate the, uh, the 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 first opening of the new event.
0: Sounds very exciting. Look forward to seeing what everyone's wearing. Yes so right final questions Liam you can go first Shoot. for a change you. Mark you have to have to be quiet whilst Liam's speaking
1: well I, I can now think answers what, what did well, I just say I don't know
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> right Liam uh, in two parts if you could protect one thing about Age of Sigmar and never have it change what would it be and if you could only change one thing in Age of Sigmar and the rest of the game would never change what would that be
2: so I've not listened to episode 3 but in episode 2 um, whoever was on, said he would change the turn roll, the priority mechanic. Yeah. That's the one thing I would protect. <laughs> I feel it is what makes a- A.U. Sigma stand out against other games. And for every like small negative of getting double turned, that turn where you run into a gun line and win priority, steal the initiative, makes it a much more enjoyable game, in my opinion. So that, that gets protected. As for the changing, one thing's a bit more difficult. Um, I would potentially go for the amount of endless spells wizards could cast. I quite like the idea of endless spells. And if you've taken a standard army, maybe one, two, three wizards at a push, you're only getting a couple of endless spells out and you're sacrificing your war score spells or your army law spells to do them and i think that having a bit more push towards endless spells would be fun for the more balanced armies out there.
0: So, do you want to expand on that slightly so having so you could you would change what people's increase the it's, access to yeah. endless spells. So you could
2: do one endless spell plus whatever spells you can do now. Oh, Maybe I see. Like so, one so, per army.
0: So an endless oh, I see so you would change the endless spell mechanic slightly to so potentially you'd only have one per army but it wouldn't impact your mages abilities to cast other spells yes so you'd ramp you'd turn the magic up to 11
2: i would dial it up a bit more yeah even even
0: like <laughs> malign sorcery forbidden power and all that jazz not enough turn it up love it more magic just all the time. for endless
2: spells yes just for
0: endless spells oh that's cool that's an interesting that's a, that's a new we've not had that one before so that's really cool thank you very much liam mark what about yourself see i don't like going second because it's liam steals my answers it's not fair both of them no no
1: no not at all <laughs> no 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 i th- you know i i what, what what would i keep now i was a real disbeliever of the priority role uh when it first came out i didn't like it but i'm you know i'm i'm absolutely a firm believer of it now and i would never ch- i'd never change it at all for the for the love and the money of it
0: what have, what have i asked you to to not use something that liam's already asked is there another thing that you protect um what would i protect
1: it would be the skirmish element of the game um you know i know we're going back to that that you know i know they're doing square bases and stuff like that um but i really like the the fluid motion of having done live role play where people actively fight in wars and dress up and 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 they and i've been in big skirmishes uh in in big battles where i've been like fighting a thousand people versus a thousand people i like the element of of units not being perfectly straight so i would very much protect the the fluid notion of models being able to move where they want rather than units being fixed in a certain position
0: yeah that sounds that's really interesting
1: yeah i mean i don't think that's ever going to be something that's going to change but you know i, I that's the the one thing i really like the, the physical look of aos when you look down at a table and you've got a big unit of orcs like stretching across the whole battlefield but then they click get clipped on the side and they can't you know they, and they're getting dis- distorted and there's no rules for that but there's you know, there's a there are there's no set rules. You know, like in the 7th, 8th edition, you know, like combat resolution, you've got hit in the side and your game crumbled. Well, your game still crumbles if you get hit in the side a little bit by a unit, but, you know, you still get to play the game.
0: No, which, I, I, I know, that's, that's, that's a really relevant point because you've also got mechanics that support that, so not only... And, and Games Workshop have responded to that because you... Do you remember when, back in the first edition of Age of Sigmar, where you couldn't pile if you were already touching a model space you couldn't pile in closer. Yes. So you were you were pinned to a model. Whereas now you can, as long as you end up just as close, if or closer, to a model, you can still pile in. So you can kind of rotate that kind of. You've still got that fluid mo- movement. So the front rank essentially can then move out of the way for people behind them a little bit, but they can't yes. like you know fly over to the other end, other side of the board. Or if you've got t- talking offline, you can you can hop over a unit and end up behind it. And they've also added in the, the Battleshock mechanic where if you break coherency through Battleshock, then you can like evaporate that thin line of orcs. So you could you could chomp a model in the middle with a Star Drake or something or, or an ability that allows you to remove a certain model and end up with some really like tactical plays and you're not going to end up getting punished by uh, you know a unit of forty grots that's got five grots on one end of the board and five grots on the other just because they've taken them out of the middle.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
0: So what about one thing you would change um
1: i think this might, this might be a bit controversial um activation wars and and striking first and i either would tighten up the rules or just get rid of it totally um it, it 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 brings in when when i try and get my head around some of the sort of like you know where there's that's create a flow chart of of the impact of different units i either if, if you have it for a very small amount of people units or not at all or, or replace some mechanic with it i, I just it, it just adds a layer of i don't know that that it doesn't it just doesn't you know i don't know just doesn't sit well with me um I, you know i think i think i think it just needs working on a little bit more i think it needs those rules just need tightening up a little bit uh how that might envisage i don't know um but it just you know my first experience when feck had it on that big dragon that could just destroy everyone and go again and then destroy everyone and go again and just keep going first before anyone else just made for a real non-game uh that you couldn't really do anything about and i didn't it didn't make for an interesting game even even when you say or respond to the meta and stuff like that all it does is just sort of add confusion to the game so I just think, spin it off, get something else in, think of another idea.
0: I think the activation of, for combat units is, is an incredibly elegant thing about Age of Sigma. It's one of those things that... And 40k does it slightly differently. 40k does it, if you charge, you go first. Yes. Any units that's charged goes first, and then you do alternating activating. Still, You still start with you, so you could charge two units, and then you'd still activate the third um, in, in your first selection. And then your opponent could go, uh, then you'd go, then your opponent. Um, so that's a different way of doing it. But I think the way Age of Sigma did it, it was a really elegant way, and they now have a mechanic that usurps that really elegant rule and elegant yes. mechanic. And it just it's very prevalent. And yeah, Yeah. I would be I would be interested to see see how they how they adapted that, how they streamlined it. Because Games Workshop don't like and you can see this by the Plague Monk War Scroll. And you can see this by the way they've changed horror's splitting. You know, in the upcoming yeah. Zinch book um or in the in the recent Zinch book in fact you can they're trying to drive down on needless complexity in in areas where they feel that they have got that so changing the plague monk war scroll into something that's a lot more streamlined is great is, yeah. is exactly an example of that so i i wonder whether perhaps you know general's handbook 2020 is is where they're going to address something like Activation wars, or or whether there's going to be a different mechanic that they're slowly going to increase uh, in the, the prevalence of through battle releases releases uh, to kind of to change that. So it's it's not something we're going to be able to you know second guess or, or answer on this podcast, but it's certainly something which um, I think I know a lot of people would probably say similar things.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it just uh, it just adds a I, if we can remember when Age of first came out, the simplicity of it was five five pages of rules four pages sorry four pages of rules and it's just it, the complexity just goes up and up and up even little things like now no need to have what uh, uh six terrain rules you've now got 12 terrain rules and it's just adding and adding and adding in the and and, and maybe you know maybe that's what they want um, to 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 make the game bigger, but I think that's some of the charm of AOS is the simplicity of it all. Of like when I when I advertise it to my friends, it's like I can teach you how to play Age of Sigmar in in one game, and you can play it. Now I'm like, ooh, mm, it's, it's it's gone back to its more complicated state. So I just think I just think it needs to be refined a little bit more. But yeah, anyway, that's you know that's about it on that one i think
0: there we go well, well liam and mark thank you ever so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you both
2: oh thanks for having us
0: yes and i very much look forward to uh, buying my tickets on friday the 24th of january yes man
1: all the best please nice. please buy me buy me tickets buy tickets
0: <laughs> <laughs> mark needs validation <laughs> right until next time chaps take care thanks a lot Cheers thanks for listening to priority roll if you want to get in touch with us we're at priority roll on both twitter and instagram you can send us an email priority roll podcast at gmail.com or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message if you want to leave us some feedback we're always looking to improve or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows then feel free to get in contact with us we'd love to hear from you until next time thanks for listening to priority roll